The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning, we find ourselves in chapter 4 of Mark's Gospel, about a quarter of the way through that book. At this point, Jesus has begun his earthly ministry. He has healed those who are afflicted, including causing all sorts of controversy by healing on the Sabbath, on the day of rest. And so now, word is traveling fast, and crowds of people are beginning to gather and flock to him. And after choosing his disciples, he begins to teach them as well as the crowds of people who are gathering. Now, one of the tools that Jesus uses to teach is parables. Now, Jesus' parables on the surface often appear to be very tame, rather ordinary stories. On the surface, they are stories about farmers, about shepherds, seeds, victims, and merchants. Now, let me be clear. Jesus' parables are not simple stories. They are intended to disrupt, to challenge, and to stretch our understanding of who God is. Jesus' parables can leave us scratching our head, just like all of the disciples, in absolute and total confusion. Jesus' parables can even leave us shocked over the words that Jesus uses. Now the temptation every time we listen to or hear Jesus' parables or read Jesus' parables is to immediately try and identify with the characters involved in the story or a specific point that we believe Jesus is trying to make. And as a result of this, it can lead to all sorts of directions that we can go. 
Think about it for just a moment. The parable of the Good Samaritan, a story about a traveler on his way to Jericho who was robbed, stripped of their clothing, beaten, and left half dead alongside the road. We usually don't think of ourselves as being the ones who chose to simply pass by on the other side. We typically don't think of ourselves as the ones who decided to simply ignore the one who was beaten and left for dead. And so if we are honest with ourselves, more often than not, we would rather write ourselves into the storyline as the hero. The one who stopped, who showed love, mercy, and compassion. What about today's parable? The parable of the mustard seed. A small seed that was sown into the soil sprouted and grew up to become so big that it sheltered birds. What is Jesus trying to teach in this story? What do you and I need to hear 2,000 years later? Now a simple response might be, from small beginnings come great things. And who could argue with that? The fact that each and every one of us are here today in this very space is a testament to that very action and belief. A small seed, St. Philip the Deacon, that was planted in 1958. A small seed that grew from a mission church with a handful of members to a faith community of over 5,000 people. A faithful and generous community that is committed to reach out, proclaim, and inspire. And in 60 plus years, you, the people of St. Philip the Deacon, have planted countless small seeds of love, grace, mercy, and service. And you have cared for those tiny seeds. And you have watched them grow and flourish in our community and beyond. Now, as true as all of that might be, there is just one problem. There is just one problem with this interpretation of Jesus' parable of the mustard seed. It's too easy. Remember, Jesus' parables were intended to provoke to agitate, to conflict, not to comfort, not to leave people patting themselves on their back, looking at everything that they have done. Most importantly, Jesus' parables are not about what you and I have done or not done. They are about God. They are about what God has done for you and me, and they are about what God continues to do for us day in and day out. The parables are about God's love and God's kingdom. Now, if you take a look at the back of your bulletin, Philip Yancey emphasizes this very point when he says, Jesus did not give the parables to teach us how to live, he gave them, I believe, to correct our notions about who God is and who God loves. So knowing this, 
We must hear Jesus' parables with the very ears to whom Jesus was speaking. 2,000 years ago, he was speaking to an agricultural community. And so he used agricultural metaphors, he used agricultural language in his teaching. So what do you know about the mustard seeds and the shrubs they become? What do you think about the birds of the air who nest in those mustard shrubs? The mustard plant is a fast-growing, invasive, uncontrollable weed that can grow up to 15 feet tall and take over whatever ground it resides in. No farmer in their right mind would have wanted mustard in their fields. Think buckthorn today. And what farmer would want countless undesirable birds nesting in the shade of those shrubs just a short flight from feeding on and destroying their crops? An invasive weed, undesirable nesting birds, Two things that would have been unwanted and unwelcomed. Yet there's a place for them. Have you ever experienced those feelings? Have you ever experienced those feelings of being unwanted and unwelcome? Feeling lost, rejected, or ignored? What does it feel like? Think about it. It's lonely. It's isolating. It's painful. It's scary. It's uncertain. It's dark. The original followers of Jesus would have known exactly how it would have felt to be unwanted and unwelcome. After all, they were lowly fishermen. They were tax collectors who were despised. They were criminals. They were the very ones ignored and living on the margins of society, rejected by most. And yet, they found hope in Jesus' promise of God's kingdom. They found hope In the message of God's kingdom, a kingdom that has room for everyone, even them. As Philip Yancey said, Jesus did not give the parables to teach us how to live. He gave them, I believe, to correct our notions about who God is and who God loves. And though we may glean ways to live from these parables, at the end of the day, Jesus' parables give you and me a glimpse into a loving God who is compassionate and concerned for the least of these, for the poor and the oppressed, the hurting and the vulnerable, the rejected and the ignored. A God who is concerned for each and every one of us. God who boldly says, 
Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My dear brothers and sisters, wherever you find yourself today, wherever you find your loved ones today, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, whatever you or they may be feeling, know this. Know that there is a place for you and a place for them. There is a place for you right here at St. Philip the Deacon. And more importantly, there is a place for each and every one of us in God's loving kingdom. No matter who you are or where you come from or what you have done or what you have not done. There is a place for you where you are loved and valued beyond measure. Because that is who God is. That, brothers and sisters, is the beautiful, loving kingdom of God. Welcome home. Let it be so. Amen.